So the title of my Dharma talk is uh, Exploring Your Centering Practice. And this, the inspiration for this comes from when I remember reading and reread recently the Flower Sermon. It is the sermon that uh, they would say is the essence of Zen practice, the beginning of the transmission from master to disciple that goes all the way back to the Buddha and Makashapa. And the story goes like this. During the time in the Buddhist life, uh, when he was getting older, usually he would come in front of the assembly and give a talk. They say sometimes he didn't, he'd just be silent. So one time he came in front of the assembly of monks, practitioners, and he was silent for a while. And after a period of time, people wondering what, what will be the talk. And so uh, a council of the story says he was by a lotus pond. And he goes down and he picks up a lotus flower and holds it up and says nothing. And people in the assembly are curious, what, what, is, what is going on? <laughs> But there is one person in the assembly, Makashapa, who breaks into a smile. And the Buddha says, I pass the treasure of the true Dharma eye to you, Makashapa. And from that point, it's said that the transmission outside of words from master and to disciple began. And it becomes the um, center uh, and foundational sermon of the Chan, Sun, and Zen tradition. So of course the question is what was transmitted which the Buddha gave silently and Maj Kashapa received silently. I don't know if I can really expound that. I myself am searching to see what was transmitted. But I, I do have an insight and they saw, an insight comes up for me from that story that at least causes me to smile. Uh, the lotus flower is such, uh, the lotus flower and the gesture of picking up is such an encapsulating movement of the Buddha that sums up his teaching in that one gesture. Because as you know, the lotus that grows into the pond has to start from the bottom of the pond and work its way up, traveling towards the sunlight until it breaks through the pond surface and then can blossom. So uh, this practice that the Buddha teaches through the Eightfold Path of a way to being in the world but not of the world is something that I find to be deeply profound and deeply inspiring. And maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe that's maybe one reason why Makashapa smiled. Such a simple gesture encapsulates that. When you hear that phrase, at least for me, 
I can't help but think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, that's where the phrase, uh, when, the, when Jesus uh, is praying for his disciples before he is going to his crucifixion, uh, he says, I am coming to you now, Father. But I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world, more than I am not of the world. It's no wonder that people felt that, oh yeah, Jesus is an enlightened being. <laughs> so, uh, this, this practice of being free and being in the world, but not of the world, uh, is, is, a, is a practice, it's a, a way of cultivation. You have to cultivate this. It just doesn't happen. But there's another insight that I, uh, I see from this, the Buddha uh, holding up the lotus, and that is the muck and messiness of the pond becomes the nutrients for the lotus. The messiness and disturbances and challenges in your life become the, the nutrients for your practice. And so the lotus does not fight with, light, with life. It uses it to grow and blossom. And so likewise, we, we do not fight with life. We use the challenges of life to empower our mind, to liberate us from its um, in shackling um, influence and our reactivity to it. It becomes a doorway to liberation. So I see our practice um, and this centering mechanism kind of really came home for me uh, when I was reading one of my journals, rereading. And it was a situation where um, a minister calls me and wants to talk with me. And the minister says, uh, if you don't mind, I have a couple of tasks for you. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, one, you know the commentary, you know the, the videos that you uploaded on the, on the Dharma site, on the um, uh, shared drive that we're working on? That's really great. Would you mind writing up some commentaries for that? Just simple. It's like a few videos on there. I'm like, oh, okay. And he says, oh, and by the way, um, could you just take notes um, of ministers and how they speak English so that you can um, um, uh, bring all those uh, insights into a document so you can upload that as well? You know, I don't know if you know, ministers are kind of busy people. <laughs> And so, just before the call, I do. Uh, I, I was given another task by a minister that I needed to do, which was which was needed to be done. So at that at that time, I was feeling a little bit of tension even before the call uh, in the body. And my emotional state was a bit, you know, a little, little you know tense because I feel a little bit over overwhelmed, just a little. So, admittedly, that did not help per se. But what I found was. Um, this practice, um, uh, as people know by now, uh, I love to do kirtan. 
I love listening to kirtan. I love chanting kirtan. And this kirtan practice I do silently to myself is a way to center myself throughout the day. And so I noticed that while emotionally there was some frustrations and bodily I felt some tensions, there was no negative talk in my mind. And I think that is because of this centering practice that I did. I just had a positive regard in my mind, you know, just during that time. And so, but a good hint, a good um, tip is that when I was talking with this minister, I couldn't do kirtan practice. It's hard to do that mantra and listen at the same time. I try, it doesn't work. <laughs> so I uh, switched to uh, feeling the bodily sensations and the breath in my body. When I heard her talk, uh, I definitely noticed this animal mind wanted to um, avoid and have aversion because the way at least I kind of do that is that as information goes through one ear, it goes out the other. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I'm not listening, I'm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that that is the way my body is reacting to this, this, the, um, this, this assignment that this minister was giving me. So I wanted to kind of halt that and stop that. So instead of doing that, I listened closely and I listened and felt the sensations in my body and the disturbance became my focus of meditation. And it was a very, I felt a very freeing um, being in that situation but not being influenced by that situation. I felt a liberating space there. And so, Massasota-san states, and you can encapsulate this, his, this, this timeless sun chapter, which he talks about timeless, placeless practice, that uh, you know, each and every time that you're in contact with a sensory condition, keep in mind that an opportunity for practice has arrived. And, and a caveat I would like to add to that is to make sure you have a centering practice so that you can come back to that wisdom. So, uh, my question uh, to you would be, what would be your centering practice? You know, the, the uh, Socrates' wisdom of know thyself is very apropos here. What practice can you tap on that you can practice throughout the day? It constitutes a few things. One is, uh, it's uh, something that interests, interests you naturally. And, and when you do practice it, it affects you emotionally and mentally. It has a positive effect. And third, you try to have it where you can access it at any time and anywhere. Those are kind of like the criteria. So contemplate that. Like, for example, um, maybe, you know, you love cleaning. Cleaning is something that brings you happiness. That is your behavior. That is something that you kind of naturally go to. So as you're cleaning, um, it creates an emotional positive effect. Uh, you can imagine as you're cleaning that, you know, wiping away dirt, wiping away defilements. You cannot physically see the, see the defilements wipe away. And as you do it, you may be thinking, you know, be here now, be here now. 
And so for you, that is something that you come to you, and you can practice it. You practice it throughout the day. There's many times of the day that you can clean. So that's a good candidate for your for practice to help you, to bring you back, to center you back to the here and now and to be um, free from whatever internal or external challenge that is going on, a kind of waking you up. That's the reason for the jukebi, to wake you up. And so the centering practice becomes, every time you do it, wake up, wake up, you wake up. So, and so that's and so as I said though, um, some practices you can do is great when you're alone, practicing, working, or walking. Some practice engaging with people, you may need something else. Uh, I know uh, masters who would uh, thumb their wrist malas as they're talking with someone. Because an interesting thing about the brain is, and I think I've said this on another occasion, it doesn't like to split it doesn't like to commit full resources to one function if another function's going on. So it has to split resources. That means that if there is a charge going on when you're talking with someone, and you begin to flip the mala, the, the, the mala beads, the limbic system begins to naturally decrease because resources is going to the mala beads. That, that action. And so uh, you can be, it can be that or it can be contemplations of the body, sensations, um, your mental state, um, watching the person itself, looking into their eyes, feeling an empathetic connection, whichever it is that you can do that, you, that can bring you back, like I said, mentally and emotionally uh, to the here and now, to be in the situation, but not of the situation. That's, as I said, stated before, is really a doorway to freedom that I'm finding. So I'm just going to impart these practices uh, to for you to kind of contemplate what can be your centering practice. And maybe you know next time we can talk to see what you've come up with that could be your centering practice that can be freeing for you. So let us practice uh, together. Let us be lotuses in the pond, standing free in the world, so the fragrance can help liberate the world collectively together. <laughs>